Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. This is the fifth Sunday. I've been giving it out last Sunday. It would be the fourth lesson on the beginning of the end, the coming of the Lord. And I told you five Sundays ago I was moved differently. In light of the climate of the times, in light of world news, in light of Israel and Hamas and ISIL or ISIS, in light of Russia and Ukraine, in light of two hurricane, hurricanes, but I also meant to say two earthquakes in California within eight days. Uh, all of these, in Matthew's Gospel 24, says when you see these things, know that the end is near. And that when you see these things, know that it is the beginning of the end. So I have numerous scriptures this morning that I will read in the course of the worship of the Word in a few moments. I have spoken to you on Israel and the Second Coming, two Sundays. The Sunday following those two messages, I spoke to you on the rapture. What is it? And when will it occur? The last lesson I delivered on this subject of the beginning of the end was two weeks ago when I spoke to you on the tribulation. What does it mean? For me to retrace those steps would be lengthy, and I, I encourage you to get the CDs or DVDs. I'll begin first with 1 John 2.18. I'll move on to Revelations 13. So let me pray first, and then we will... Then we will proceed with the lesson. Uh, uh, I would invite you to point your hands in my direction, would you? Uh, because I need to trust Him, and you do too. Father, on this September 21, 2014, I know many things in our lives happen to us, and we call it circumstances or chance, but I don't believe they're chance experiences with you. I believe you order our steps, especially the righteous. And so I pray that we would have a divine intersection today, a a divine interaction with you. And God, many know the Word, and they are born again, and they're ready to meet the Lord, but but many are struggling even though they're born again, and then there are those who are not. Your Word tells us we shall know the truth, and it shall set us free. So I ask that you would impart truth, and that you'd be glorified, and not man. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So if for some reason you haven't been with us for previous Sundays, the subject this morning might cause you to wonder, what have you walked into? As I mentioned just moments ago, in recent world events, we've been talking about things to come. We've been talking about how that all the signs in Scripture that points to the rapture of the church has already been accomplished. I pointed out to you by way of illustrating timelines of the Lord, and you might imagine that where I'm standing here was the first time Jesus came, and we'll call this Bethlehem of Judea, where he was born as a baby in a manger. That's the first time he came. The second coming will not be the rapture. I'll walk over to this side and I'll label 
this area by the keyboard as the second coming of Jesus. This is after the rapture and after the seven years of tribulation. In the middle of that, however, there will take place an event that could happen today called the rapture. The snatching away, the catching away. The Greek word is raptuo and the Hebrew is hapazo, meaning as Second Thessalonians talk about in the moment in Tukin of Life, we should be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. I, I, I said to you from this age of Jesus coming the first time, died, buried, crucified, resurrected, ascended to heaven, commissioned the church. We've been in the age of the church. That's where you are today. And I, we are in the age of the church. That's been going on for approximately 2,000 years. And, and I remind you that Jesus said no one, nobody, not even the angels in heaven, know when the Lord will come again in the clouds. The rapture and the return of Jesus, his feet will not touch the ground, but he will come in the clouds with the sound of a mighty trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, those who died anticipating his coming, but they went on. And then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured to be with the Lord in the air. If that happens today, which it could, then we begin seven years of, not we, because I don't plan to be here, uh, seven years of tribulation on the earth. While the saints are up in heaven with the Lord at what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb, seven years of all hell break loose. Seven years where there will be the first three and a half years called the tribulation. And Revelations speaks about the judgments of God during the tribulation and the great tribulation, which will be the last of the three and a half years of the seven. And I'm hastening here because I don't want to dwell on the events except the person. There are going to be three different kinds of judgments that occur in the book of Revelations during those seven years upon the earth because God's pouring out His wrath on a rebellious Israel and a rebellious world. There'll be first what's called a seal, S-E-A-L-S, seals judgment, where the seals of a scroll is broken, and out of that seal is revealed the judgment that are coming on the earth. After those seven seal judgments have been poured out or unsealed, then we'll have what is known as the trumpet judgment, seven of them. And they represent certain devastations and earthquakes and pestilences and they represent the, 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 the stars falling from the heaven and the heavenly bodies are struck and they call what's the first woe and the second woe and the third woe as it goes on. After the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments, the final of the three judgments in the seven years will be the bowls, B-O-W-L-S, like God having a large bowl in His hands or His angel and each seven of them, one at a time, pull out a bowl that represents the afflictions upon the earth, including the mark of the beast and the blaspheming of God and the, the sacrilege of the Antichrist. And so, while much of the book of Revelations is written in a symbolism, metaphors, every bit of it, has a meaning. God did not put through the auspices of men and human instrumentality 
pen on paper to just have a book. This is his word. And he says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So the lesson today is about the Antichrist, the man of the hour. And I would suggest to you for my reading and studies what you might already be aware of. But let me just say to you that one of the most popular discussions of theologians is trying to identify the Antichrist spoken of in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and 1 John. It would seem like over the years that everyone and everything from individual Roman rulers to the whole Catholic system, from the Pope to Oliver Cromwell of England, from Adolf Hitler to John F. Kennedy, from Henry Kissinger to Judas Iscariot, all of them have been somewhere along the way made to be a candidate for being the Antichrist. Some of you think you're married to it. I could have left that out. In Revelations 13 and 18, don't go there yet. I'll just tell you that we are told the number of the Antichrist is 666. And people have tried for years to figure out who the Antichrist is by playing the number games. And the truth is, if you play the number games, anyone can be the Antichrist. Because you have to follow three simple rules if you want to label anybody as the Antichrist. Number one, if... The person doesn't have a proper name, then you could give them a title and try to figure out if their name comes out to 666. If that doesn't work, you can try using their name in English, Hebrew, Greek, or Latin and maybe come up with a name. And if that doesn't work, then you can do what others have done and just cheat spelling somebody's name and make it out work out. Nobody knows what the number 666 means. We will know that when Jesus, when God reveals it. And we will also, we also do not know who the Antichrist is. But listen, if you take notes, we can know what he is and where he fits in to God's timeline. So let me move with you then to, to some scriptures. And I'll have you look at 1 John 2 and 18. Let's talk about the Antichrist. And you won't have this uh, on this in uh, your text as far as what I chose for you, but let, let me read several to you. First John 2.18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it's the last hour. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Leave it right there. Many since Jesus' departure, and in the last thousands of years, or thousand years, in the last thousand years, 1,100 people have risen up calling themselves Christ. And how many of you know when Jesus comes back, he won't have to wear a badge, I am Jesus? <laughs> because every eye shall behold him, every tongue shall confess. Look at the next scripture, if you will, on the next slide. We're talking about the Antichrist. and This will be 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. And here's the word of the Lord. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. 
It's already here in America, the spirit of Antichrist. I will say this again, I've said it before, but there is perhaps no other religion in America more persecuted than Christianity. Christians are being defamed, criticized, being uh, called narrow-minded and Bible-toting, Bible-thumping evangelicals because we choose to live by the principles of the truth of what God's Word says instead of political correctness. And let me, let me say this to you. In these last days, there's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. There never has been. Either you're going to own him or he's not going to own you. And the world and Hollywood and politicians and entertainers from which much of our young people and adults get their moral climate are making fun of Jesus and the Bible. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's already here. Let me show you now. 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. For it says in this passage, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. You remember Jim Jones? You remember David Koresh? Some of you need to go back and study, but all these people, the two that I mentioned, led people to their death under the guise that they were the Christ. Now here's a text I want to get to, uh, with you too. It's, it's a little bit more lengthy than the others, and you might want to turn in your scriptures there, but this would be Revelations 13, and I want to read verses 1 through uh, 10 with you, or for you, and, and then we'll give some explanation. And that will be Revelations 13 and 1, if you'll go there with the slides, please. And this is what it says. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And, and I know we have wonderful people in the technological department and media, but it's my fault that they got this late. So look in your Bibles if it's not on the screen, Revelations 13 and 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were out of the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his authority, and his seat, and great authority. Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and the world wondered after the beast. This is the Antichrist called the beast. Verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And it was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Forty and two months means three and a half years. Let me move you to verse number six, Revelation 13. This is the Antichrist. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given over all kindreds, all tongues, and all nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb book of life, or the Lamb, uh, the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Now, 
Let, let me tell you this. If your name is not presently written in the book of life, then you are in danger. You are going to be left behind. And this Antichrist is going to come on the scene in a sense of uh, uh, a great charisma, charm, very articulate. And he is going to deceive many by the power of Satan who believed Christ before the rapture but backslidden, didn't make the rapture, and they'll think he's Christ. And even Israel will buy into him. And verse 9 says of Revelation 13, If any man has an ear, let him hear. Can I get an amen? He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Put on there for me some of his characteristics. Number one, his character will be rotten. He will strongly oppose God and God's people. Daniel 7.25 speaks of him. It says, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. You notice the capital on M and the capital on H, meaning God, Most High. Shall persecute the saints of the Most High. Now, Paul's here to tell you that if you intend to be a saint when the rapture is over, (laughs) it's going to be mighty difficult and you're going to have to die for your faith. Because the moment the Antichrist and his cohorts find out that you are now anti-Antichrist, you're gone. And you don't have to be here. And I don't plan to be here. Because according to Revelations in the Gospel of Luke, the Bible says, see that you count yourself worthy to escape those things that are coming upon the earth. Put it back on the screen for me, please. I only read the half of that. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and time and a half. Leave it there. We are told by many scholars that this Antichrist will be so rotten that he will mess with the calendar of events. He will remove the Christian holidays. He will, by his own decree, because his power is going to come from hell itself. How many of you know that Satan has much power and so does his demons? Let me give you another verse, please. And if we'll move to the next slide, it talks about his rotten character. And that's Daniel 11 and 36. And here's what he says. Then the king shall do according to his own will. This is the Antichrist. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god. Hare Krishna, Islam, Hinduism, New Age, Scientology. Exalt himself above every god. He shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods. That's Jehovah God. And shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished for what has been determined shall be done. You don't want to be here. For the first three and a half years, he's going to be so charming, so persuasive until he'll cause everybody alive to take the mark of the beast. He won't call it the mark of the beast. It'll be the mark of convenience. Let me, let me show you about his rotten character. He, number two, he will hate the Jews. 
I find that in more than one place, but particularly in Zechariah 13 and 8. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die. But one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire. Once he makes, and leave it there. Let me read the rest. I will bring the one-third through the fire and refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Now, now, now what I'm trying to show you is, and, and, uh, is that the Jews are going to enter into a covenant with him in the first three and a half years. Because they've been waiting on, give me some illumination here. They, they, they've been waiting on their Messiah. They're still waiting on their Messiah. You remember the Jews rejected Jesus Christ at Calvary. It is the Jews and the Romans who took his life. And they're still praying at the wailing wall. They're still doing all they're, they're doing, waiting on their Messiah to come as a conquering hero to defeat back then, which was the Roman government. And since that time of the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70, when Jesus told them not one stone will be left upon another of this beautiful temple you see, until I restore my people, and I told you that in 1948, God called the Jews from all over the world, and Israel reformed as a nation. And now, her number is as the sands of the sea, and no one can count them. And yet, even now, because they rejected the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and they're waiting for the Messiah, you and I have been given the, the invitation because the Jews rejected Him, the Gentiles. Anybody who is non-Jew is a Gentile. That's you and I. And what I love about the Lord Jesus Christ is that he says, whosoever will, let him come. Red or yellow, black or white, Trinidad, American, African, Asian, whosoever will. I don't care what your name is, what your genealogical tree is like. I don't care if you have a degree or no degree. I, I, I don't care if you got money or no money. You are one of those whosoever will. Give a Lord a thanks because you are. After they have received and made a covenant with him for the first three and a half years and he worships at that temple and he gives them all that they want to have and he creates a, treat, a, a, a peace treaty between the Palestinians and the Jews and Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and everybody's working out. The world is already set for a one world ruler. Think about the internet. Think about, think about uh, instant communication anywhere around the world. Think about just, just wherever you are. You can have uh, Skype or you can have FaceTime or you can have exchange of funds by having money wired. One man, one man in the world can rule the whole world because of the cameras and the security and all the technology. The stage is already set. Give me the next slide, if you will, please. And that would be showing you not only will he hate the Jews, but he will be proud and arrogant once he decides to uh, blaspheme God. Once, after three and a half years, he goes into the Jewish temple and offers up sacrifices unclean unto God. And once he begins to chase the Jews, and two-thirds of them will, have to, will be killed, and one-third will be preserved by God. And I told you that 
12,000 out of each tribe of Israel, 144,000 will be saved until the end of the seven years. Daniel 7.25 says he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. And I know I read this earlier, but I want you to get it again. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change time and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for time and time and a half. He, he will be so arrogant, so cruel, and yet so clever. Write these four things down if you're writing a description of the Antichrist. Number one, he's going to be a charismatic leader. It's not on the screen. Just, just, just write it. And humanity today is ripe for a leader who will come on the world stage and offer answers to the world's problems. People that they are hungry for somebody to follow. Write this second description of the Antichrist in your Bible or somewhere because you need to explain why you believe what you believe. He'll not only be charismatic, he'll be clever. This man will be history's master politician. He will be the greatest diplomat that ever lived. The Bible says in Daniel's uh, writings that it pictures him as a horn with eyes. This refers to his intellectualism. He will be able to solve the major and minor problems of all the world with his cleverness. So not only is he charismatic and clever, but he's cultic. He will be a cultic leader. The Antichrist will not only be the leading voice in the political realm, but he will also be prominent in the realm of religion. Because, put the slide back on there please, if you don't mind, 725 of Daniel. The Bible says, he will speak pompous words against the Most High. The Pope is going to have to step aside. The uh, world religious leader, leaders will have to step aside. Dalai Lama and all these, all these. He is going to declare himself God. And because he will have such supernatural power given by Satan, he will even suffer an assassination attempt in which he'll have a serious head injury. And the Bible says he will have died. But Satan supernaturally will raise him from the dead like Christ was. And that will only add more, for the lack of a better word, credibility to his messiahship, which is anti-Christ. Number four, I want you to write about the Antichrist is the Antichrist will be a cruel leader. Because he says to us in Daniel 7 23, which probably will not be on the screen, but let me read it to you. He shall devour the whole, whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Verse 25 of Daniel 7 says, The people who are saved during the tribulation period will become the target of his cruelty. He will be determined to destroy every believer in Christ. He will seek them out from the rocks and the mountains and the caves and the dens and wherever they're hiding. He will have such, uh, such 
uh, secret agents as Adolf Hitler had during his reign that folks won't even know if this is my friend or if this is uh, one of those working for the Antichrist system. Can I get an amen here? Because everybody that works for the Antichrist system is some way going to be rewarded by him. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be here. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be here. Because I don't know about you, but soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. And I don't know when it's going to be. It would have been fine with me if while we were up in the air, 37,000 feet, that would be 37,000 more. I wouldn't have to climb. But it might not have been fine if the pilot was saved and the rest of the folks had to land. Let, let, let me move you even more because I, I tend to want to camp out in, in, in certain places that I need to move on. Not only will it be. Number four, about this Antichrist, back to now who he is. He will not desire women but war. Daniel eleven thirty seven. he shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. One of the weaknesses of men have been, yeah, women. Uh, let me move right on. Uh, one of the strengths of men, that's good, I'll get me some points here, have been women. But you'll notice that many politicians have struggled with power that often makes them think that they are entitled to cheating on their spouse or to having any woman available to them that they want. His, his desire will not be after woman, but blood and war and death. That, that will be one of his trademarks. Let, let me show you number, uh, another thing about his characteristics. Uh, this will be that he, will, he rises to power, and this is how it happens. It will be in Daniel 7 and 28, if you put it on the screen. His rise to power. He will rise after a ten-nation confederation is organized in the region of the old Roman Empire. Do you have that slide? And, and if you do, uh, we will we'll reference it. He, he, he comes on the scene... Of Daniel 7 and 8. And here's what it says. Daniel 7 and 8. And it follows through to other scriptures. And again, thank you for those working the media because I know it's a lot. Here's what it says. I was considering the horns. Daniel had a vision. Here's Daniel 7 and 8. He will, this is Daniel's vision back way hundreds of years before Jesus even came. God was showing in the Old Testament what's going to happen in the New Testament. And this is Daniel 7 and 8 and following. I was considering the horns. He had a dream of, of, of a person, animal-like. And there was another horn, a little one, coming out from them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And this could be the Antichrist and his prophets. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and mouth speaking pompous words. And the ten horns were in, on its head. And the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Leave it there. Screen. You know, if you wanted to get saved, want to find a place to read in the Bible how to get saved, that wouldn't be it. 
No. If you want to know how to get saved, you ain't never read the Bible before, don't go to Chronicles. And he begat this and they begat that. And the other. Okay. But you see where it says here, 20, and the ten horns that were on its head represents this Antichrist is going to be the leader of a ten-nation coalition. It's already in existence. It's called the European Common Market. The center of world's attention to the coming of Christ will not be Washington, D.C. Ten nations in Europe already have a common currency. And they put together can outdo the currency and the weight of the dollar. And it has. When I traveled to Europe, the euro was worth more than the American dollar. And ten nations are already coming, they already come together. And the Bible says they will need a ruler. And whether that person is alive or not, I do not know. But I do know that the rap, we're near to the rapture and that person could very much well be alive. And the fact of the matter, he's going to rise in power after the rapture takes place. After given three or four months, he'll explain away what the rapture was. When millions go missing, he'll explain away like we haven't heard anything lately about the 235 people that got shot, that, that a plane went missing over the, the ocean. And now that's off the camera, isn't it? We haven't heard lately about the, the other people who were shot down by pro-Russian rebels uh, on a Malaysian airline. That's kind of going off the screen, isn't it? And that's what's going to happen. The Antichrist is somehow going to explain away the rapture. And the world's going to believe him. Give me the next slide, if you will. And, and I need to hasten here because I, I, I need to, to, to close so we can move to the next service. He, uh, the Bible says he will rise out of a Gentile nation. Therefore, he won't be Jewish. Daniel 8 and 9 says... An, out of one of them came a little horn, out of the one of the ten nation confederacy, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. That would be the place where he sets up the world religion. There'll be a one world government and a one world religion. Some have thought that the one world religion will be Islam. It's likely. Some have thought that the one world religion will be the Catholic Church, it's likely. I, I, I can't validate that. Give me the next slide. His rule will be the rule like unto a dictator. And the word says, he will be power hungry with a lust to be absolutely sovereign. Nobody will threaten his throne. Daniel 7.25, he shall speak again pompous words. And, and I've, I've read that to you, and he'll change times and laws. Let me move you to the next slide so I can cover all these that I, I have and, and, and then close with, with an appeal. He will begin as a charismatic leader offering peace and solution. And that will be found in Revelation 6 and 2. I, I alluded to that. And I look and behold a white horse there in, in Revelation chapter 6 there. Four different horse riders. And each horse represents a certain uh, event in the time of the tribulation. And the rider represents an event. And behold, I look on a white horse, and he that sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. This white horse rider you read about in Revelations is the Antichrist. Because he's hungry for power. Let me show you the next slide very quickly. He will make a seven year covenant with Israel at the tribulation or the beginning of the tribulation. Daniel 9.27 said, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. One week means not one week Sunday to Saturday. One week means each 
day of that week represents a year. So there will be seven days representing seven years considered a week. Let me move you to the next slide, please. He will break the seven-year covenant three and a half years into the tribulation. I told you that. Now I need to show you the verse, Daniel 9, 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the, desol- on the desolate. You know that the Jews have a kosher diet. Come to the music, if you will, please. The Jews, the devout Jews, the Orthodox Jews, they, they do not believe that pork is clean, so they refrain from it. And the Bible talks about other, uh, for, the, for the kosher Jews uh, in the Old Testament, and especially those who don't accept Christ as the Messiah, adhere to the kosher diet. And when he brings a, a pig, a swine, into their holy place and offers it up to God. That'd be the end of that covenant. Because they can be no further insulted than that kind of abomination of desolation. Let, let me show you the next slide. His false prophet will require everyone to have his mark. Look at Revelation 13 and 16. And, and I'm just teaching today and I re- I'm glad you receive it. Hope you are. He shall cause all. Now the, the Antichrist is going to have a so like the president has a vice president, and then he has a chain of command. His second man in command will cause both those great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. That no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man. His number is 666. I don't need to re-preach this. I just need to tell you that technology is already here. I already told you that. They put chips on animals to make sure that if they're lost, they can be found. Okay? There are certain people who have such severe uh, sickness and allergies that uh, they have a bracelet that they wear. And they're, they're, one of my uh, grandmother's sister who lives in Trinidad... I'm right adjacent to my grandmother's house. My grandmother died five years ago at age 91. Her sister now is alive still, praise God. She's 91. Her, she lives by herself, and they're quite concerned for her, so they have this system in the house, where, which is a very good system, where if she falls, she can push that button, or she can wear the necklace, and it, it can call uh, if she falls. She doesn't like to wear the necklace. They have a system now that if a person falls, you don't even have to even push the button. If you have it on you, they can be tell by your heart rate or your rhythm or whatever that you need help. Okay? So what the Antichrist is going to do is they're going to usher in this mark. It's not going to be like 666 tattooed on your head or your hand. It's going to be under, the, under your skin or on your forehead here because everywhere you go, you tend to take your arm or your head. I've met people. I have met people who didn't take their head where they went. I've even spoke to them. And it's, it's going to be coming in under the guise of, well, you don't have to take your checkbook. You don't have to take your credit card. Can I get an amen? You don't have to take, I mean, how many of you have gone up, you, you need to buy some milk on the way home or you, whatever, and you didn't have your checkbook, your credit. My daughters, especially the oldest of my daughters, Brother Tommy, she don't believe in cash. She believes in my cash, but not hers. Because every time she drives to the house, 
her, her gas tank is empty. Yeah. And only because I have a granddaughter am I going to fill that up. Because they got good jobs. But the point of it is that we're moving to a cashless society because if a thief knows he ain't got no money on him, he ain't going to mess with it. And I happen to know he ain't got no money on him. Uh, so the whole fact of the matter is it's going to be very convenient. Give me the next slide, if you will. He will generate worldwide power. The last half of the tribulation. Revelation 13, 7. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And who dwell on the earth shall worship him whose name have not been written in the book of life. Or the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. One more slide. After all this has happened, he thinks he's going to be eternal. He thinks he's God, but God's got his number. How many know the final judgment belongs to God? Say praise the Lord. After seven years of all hell breaking loose, the first three and a half of the tribulation, the last three and a half of the great tribulation, God's going to send Jesus back with the armies of heaven. You and I are going to be with him. (laughs) And we're coming to the valley of Megiddo. It's the war to end all wars. Nations from all over the world are going to come. They're going to come from the east, the west, the north, and the south. And the valley of Megiddo is rather long and rather wide. It's one Napoleon Bonaparte called one of the most perfect battlefields of the known world. The blood of the slain during the war of Armageddon is going to be so deep, it's going to run as high like a river, the high as the bridle of a horse. And the Bible says, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet. Now the beast is the Antichrist, the false prophet is his, his sidekick, who works signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the lake a fire burning with brimstone. I, I would like the opportunity to have him stand by the fire. And let me just give him one swift kick in his pants. I don't know how to kick football. I, I wouldn't even get it between the, the two po- uh, posts if you widened them by a mile. But I would know how to kick the devil. He'd been kicking me until I found out that I don't have to take any more kicking. He's been licking me until I found out I don't have to take any more licking. He's been chasing after me until now. I got him in the phone booth calling 911. (laughs) Stand up to your feet all over this church. Lay your Bibles down, and if you know you are ready to meet the Lord, put your hands together all over this house. Come on, give the Lord a stand-up praise. Yes! Shut up. Come on, clap as if he's coming today. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, my, 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 my. The next time I come with you, we're going to talk about the thousand years of peace and eternity. We may even talk about the judgments. Oh, the next time I meet you, it may be at the intersection of Whoop Glory Avenue and Hallelujah Street. If you wonder whether your pastor made it or not, don't be looking for me due to my height. Because you won't find me. You'll find Tommy first. If you're looking for somebody with height. 
If you're looking for somebody, uh, you know, just, uh, no, just look for the voice that you hear that says, whoop, glory, I told you so. That'll be me. Bow your heads. I would miss the will of God and grieve the Holy Spirit if I told you what's coming and then did not offer you an opportunity to be prepared. So everybody born again by the blood of the Lamb, whisper a prayer. I'm not going to drag this out. And ask the Lord to deal with hearts, to be truly transparent. I didn't ask you if you believed it. It's God's Word. I'm asking you if you're ready for your going and His coming. Because if you go before He comes and you're without Him, your destiny's already sealed. If you don't go when He comes, you have little hope of being saved, little to none. And if you do, you'll have to die for it. And if you can't serve God now, while the Spirit is still present strongly, which will depart at the rapture in a large measure. If you can't serve God now, don't expect that you can serve Him later. Pastor Matura, it is not well with my soul. And I'm not going to dress it up. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm just going to raise my hands and ask you as you close this prayer to pray for me that I will be ready. Thank you. Hold those hands up. Hold it up high for a moment. I'm not to embarrass you. I'm not going to even single you out. Hold it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Keep it up. Keep it up. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and then many, many more. Put them down. Everybody, heads bowed and eyes closed. Everybody, I don't want you to say it because I ask you, I want you to mean it. We got heaven and hell in the balances this morning. And some of you are fixing to change side and get on the right side. So everybody, you pretend that you raised your hands also and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I have heard your word. And now I am responsible for what I've heard. And I choose this day to rededicate my life to you. I choose this day to give my life to you for the first time. Either way, I confess I'm a sinner. I repent of all my sins. I ask you today to write my name in the book of life. And Lord Jesus, I realize in my own strength I can do nothing. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I claim you as the Messiah, the Son of God, my Savior. And I put the devil under my feet permanently in Jesus' name. Amen. Give a Lord a God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.